da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? The whole world got crazy! Welcome back, man fam. It's time for more Oscar season talk here on Mad About Movies, and this is a movie we've been meaning to talk about literally maybe since the summer or something like that. Uh, I remember getting a screening invite to this over the summer and seeing it was a Taika Waititi movie about Adolf Hitler, and I was like, what is that? I could not make the screening, couldn't make the, <laughs> the time happen, but I was like, I have to see this movie. I'm so intrigued by this. Um, and, you know, it did not let me down for that, uh, you know, at all. So welcome back in. We're, we're glad you're here. I'm with uh, Richard and Brian, both of you guys. Hey, you guys. All right, I messed up because when you sent me we were doing this, I thought we were doing a podcast on the early to mid-2000s pop singer JoJo. Oh, because I only watch mm. Peter Rabbit, yeah. so we're going to have some crossover <laughs> talk maybe of carpool karaoke with with JoJo, maybe we'll do that. <laughs> I have to say, I'm not mm-hmm. a huge fan, yeah. but that Gervais joke about James Corden was great. Great joke. <laughs> Can't repeat it, <laughs> yeah. but it's out there. Most jokes mm. about James Corden are great. So. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so here we are. This is a, a movie that is getting some award season buzz. It, it was it made uh, a good showing at the Golden Globes this past weekend. And when it comes to uh, actors in attendance, well represented, it was nominated for Best Comedy. And um, this is an interesting movie that I think a lot of the critics are are liking this one. And this is, when you see the trailer for this one, you're like, how in, how in the heck is that going to work? Like, it's just so funny because, you know, seeing this several times this year in various screenings, like it almost gets a groan, you know, from the audience. Like mm. they, they think it's going to be disrespectful. They think it's literally a comedy about Hitler, uh, you know, which it is. But I mean, it's one of those like you have to see it to to understand it, you know, kind of things. You can't immediately write it off because of the subject matter. Right. Um and, and to that point, I don't think the trailer did a good job of selling this movie or what it was, you know. Um, Agreed. And uh, this is a movie a lot of people should see um, mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons. I'm not going to get into all of those in this episode, but if you're thinking that Jojo Rabbit is insensitive or or disrespectful in any way, it's the opposite of that. So I just want to kind of get that out of the way before we get into spoilers and get into our thoughts of the movie. So... If you're skeptical on seeing the movie at all and and uh, you're worried about all that, then don't. Don't be worried. But, man, um, this was mm. a, such a fun watch. Um, you know, I really think Taika Waititi is establishing himself as, as such an original vision, uh, uh, an, an auteur, if you will, you know, and we don't get a lot of those these days. It really feels like um, the only people that could do a movie like this and get away with it would be him – Quentin Tarantino, who's kind of already done it with with Bastards, and like maybe Wes Anderson, you know? Like if Wes Anderson did Dinesh D'Souza or whatever his name is, he'd probably be good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) If if Wes Anderson did a movie set with Nazis, you know, I think like with his shtick, I think Mm. like it could work, you know? And so there are only certain... Costume design alone. Yeah. There are only certain people that can pull this off and i think taika watiti is is in that category um so so man super intrigued by this but uh definitely was not let down some incredible performances in this one uh the two kid actors were great uh and you know kid actors can definitely ruin a movie we've seen it time and time again yeah uh, scarlett johansson was is fantastic she this is the year of scar jo. uh you know most years are years of scar jo, but this is for sure um, she is just is Scarlett Johansson. Jost, is she hyphenating? Because that's how oh, I'm going to refer her. Hopefully, um, I mean she's peaking at the right <laughs> time. Fan. I mean honestly, Izod money. It's uh, you know, with Black Widow coming out what in April or something. Like, could not ask for a better showing from her, given like the controversy that she's gone under. You know, like with the the whole. I don't know, whitewashing controversy. You know, and now she's like, I can play any role I want, and all this stuff. Like. Let's just say the PR has not been very kind to Scarlett Johansson on top of having to date Colin Jost. So, uh, yeah, good to see her maybe win an Oscar 
But I thought this was like <laughs> that's the, her punishment. The superior this. performance between this and Marriage Story, I thought this was was definitely more of a stretch for her. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think this yeah, is her best. Yeah, I of think the year, that's I think. fair. I think she's better in Marriage Story, but I think this is a different. If you would have told me at the beginning of the year that she was going to do both of these performances, I would have been not surprised by Marriage Story because that feels, you know, in line with what she's capable of doing. And this is kind of a different, this is a different ScarJo for sure. Like that's a different kind of character than we have typically seen her play. Not just because there aren't a lot of satires about Nazis, you know, that's not just that. It's, it's, it's a completely different kind of, of role for her and it's rangy. Yeah. Man, I just, you know, just for general thoughts, I'll pass it to you guys. Um, just love this movie. Um, one of my favorites of the year. It's going to be hard for me not to put this in my top five, to be honest with you. Um, love this one. And, you know, my favorite part of it was, I said this a lot about a lot of movies, but how they use Adolf Hitler in the movie. I loved it. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we do say I, that all said the that time. three times this like, year. Gosh. Like with Lion King, Man. I said the same thing. So. Yeah. Like, what would Toy Story Four be? <laughs> right. How they used their spectacular use of Nazi propaganda in Toy Story Four was was great. <laughs> um, and not, but still, <laughs> what a weird focus yeah. that would be if we just <laughs> continually went down this road every week. It's like, but does I don't know, guys. I didn't no? see a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go to that place yeah. every time. Um, it's uh you know it's just the idealization of hitler and and what those kids might have actually been thinking back then you know it seemed really genuine to me it it felt like a shtick in the trailer and like with the pitch you know but like after that first scene you're just like okay i get it now i know what they're doing with this and it's about the idealization of of what uh you know Germany was during that time and and the, honestly kind of the brainwashing of these kids into thinking what they're doing is right you know and and their own uh, having to grow up on themselves and realize that so floored by this one just the just the, to, to execute a, a, a thing this intense is is incredible to me so pass it to one of you guys who wants to take the take the ball Richard yeah I mean this is this is one that uh it's a really interesting film. I liked it quite a bit. I I understand it's it asks quite a bit of its audience. Um, there are people that just don't want to like lighten Hitler, and whether that's done with a satiric note or not, um, it's the same to them. And I I respect that. I really do. I don't I don't think them, you know, unless they like <laughs> don't just don't get it. It's like okay, well, but if it's people like, hey, I, I see what you're doing, just not you know not cool with me. Um, I, I totally respect that notion completely. So it is a, it's a touchy thing to do. Did you, did either of you guys see, uh, death of Stalin? Yes. Uh, yeah, it's similar to that with me. I mean, it's kind of my alley. I, I, you take these really heavy, you know, don't for, you know, death of Stalin is this hilarious kind of curb your enthusiasm episode, but you know, those guys killed like mm-hmm. 50 million people <laughs> and, that that's not lost on it, and that's sort of the joke of Death of Stalin is that these very small, right, like, kind right. of petty people. Um, and I like that movie quite a bit. Did you like it, Brian? Yeah, that movie. I good. did. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was. I mean, from a comedy standpoint, I liked it significantly more right. than this. But I liked this, yeah. more yeah, overall. Yeah. If that and makes that's sense. Death of Stalin was really. Yeah, that's, funny. I mean, yeah, it's more. It's just well a straight up farce, you know, with it, with really heavy yes. people and, in it, and, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and to me was extremely clear yeah. on. It's a veep. Uh, we are making it's fun a veep of these episode. I mean, it's idiots. Arnando, whatever, but it's yeah. a veep episode yeah. in like right. early 1950s <laughs> Russia. Um, and so, highly, I recommend that if you like these kind of political set. It's different than this, but I mean, if you like that kind of world, I, I recommend that. And that's a little. That's more true to life. Um, there's no imaginary mm-hmm. things in that, but, but anyway, this movie, I get, get people just being like, don't want to deal with it. I get that. Um, but if you do engage with it, it's so smart and so moving. Um, and gosh, I, it's, it's, he, Taika is, is such a, I, I find him to be one of the more versatile filmmakers we have right now. The guy, you know, He's he's such a fine writer. He's such a stylist as a director. He's a, a great, this 
and and Thor, you know, he's a great performer in it. Um, and so he he kind of is this five tool player in a way that not a lot of filmmakers are. And he can kind of we've seen him do small budget, we've seen him do really large budget. This is sort of mid budget. I I just think he does what what the project asked for. I, I just find him to be so exciting as an artist. I think he's he's wonderful, and I I like. The thing that I like about him the most, and I don't think Tarantino is always the be-all, end-all, but Tarantino has this in him, is that Taika takes big freaking swings, and he's not, af- mm-hmm. you know, and big he's time. not afraid to, you know, death proof didn't work for Tarantino, but that's okay. Came back with Warriors Bastards, you know, and uh, and he- Taika will have that too. I don't know if this this might be considered a failure at the end of the road because it didn't make a ton of money, right? I don't know what its box office is, but it didn't really penetrate yeah. the zeitgeist. I, the pun of using a German word is is not lost on me, but it didn't really penetrate the zeitgeist like I expected it to. Um, but it's not a miss in terms of what an interesting movie it is, and I think it'll be on a lot of people's top tens list, and I think it'll be a movie whenever whatever streaming whenever it hits uh, Chicken Soup Plus, it will it will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we'll always right. yeah we'll we'll there. find an audience yeah. though certainly I think. It's a really smart and and the thing that makes this different than something like Death of Stalin is you touched on it, Brian. It's a really warm, wonderful, moral movie that mm-hmm. is not instructive overtly, but really, you know, this is the kind of movie whenever Coop's ready for it, you're like, Hey, you need to see this because it's gonna teach you how to be a person. Yeah, sure. And sure it can you know, mm-hmm. and it's tough and, and all that, but this is this has a point to it. Um, that, that again, I, if people don't want to engage at that point, I get it, but I did. And I, I found it to be really humanistic and wonderful in, in that way. And I think it works best on that level as a really, um, moral tale, you know? Um, so anyway, I've talked long enough, Brian, go ahead. I find it really interesting that the, the, uh, the critic versus audience score yeah. on this, I, it's 79% critics. And ninety five percent. Wow, that's wonderful. Audience, I, that I'm very surprised by that. I would have expected at least the opposite of that, if not that this is one that's like ninety percent critics and and you know sub sixty with, with audience and stuff. I'm assuming part of that is just that the people that did go see the movie were the audience. Does that make sense? Like there wasn't a whole lot of people that went to see this not knowing what it was or not being kind of sold on on the premise and whatnot. And so your audience score is higher based on on like a niche market and stuff. But still, um, I really would have thought the other way around. But I have seen this on a ton of top ten lists for the year, both critically and with just our people, you know, with, with the in the Discord channel and and uh and that kind of stuff. We've have seen a lot of it there. It's I'm it's right at the 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 tail end of my top ten for the year, so there's still a couple of movies that could potentially bounce it out. But I, I feel a pretty strong feeling this is going to be in my top ten. I I really dug it. Now I saw this movie almost mm-hmm. three months ago at this point, so it's not as fresh on my mind as some of the others that uh, that we were you know we reviewing here. But um, I thought the performances were great. I am Taika is. You both have said it, so I won't. I won't go over long on that. But he's just such a fresh and unique voice, and and an incredibly talented voice. And I, and I love what he brings to a movie, and and the way that he thinks things through. And I love what you said, Richard. I think that was like the biggest point I wanted to say. So I I'm gonna harp on it once again. I I love I love when a filmmaker will take big risks and and take swings on it. And eventually, that's gonna get him caught at some point. You know, he's gonna make a bad movie. Um, at some point where you're just like, oh boy, that yeah. one really didn't land. But I don't think he's at risk at all of becoming a director who, who does, uh, you know, unambitious or, or wimpy type movies. I mean, Thor Ragong is <laughs> probably the, the, <laughs> the, the easiest quote unquote project that he's, that he's done, but he completely rejuvenated that character and that, that section of the, the MCU and and put forward. I mean, that's still one of my probably th- top three Marvel yeah, movies. I think and it's, it's my It's so rewatchable. And, and that really tied and, in a. I don't um, know if that's Feige or him, but that movie did a. Mm. It doesn't get enough credit. It's a. It's a awesome movie. Probably my favorite. But it, yeah, it, it in a weird way, 
tied that world together more than a lot of Avengers movies did with like the space stuff and the Avengers. I mean, Thor kind of sure. does that in general yeah, as a character, but that movie really mm-hmm. did to me kind of merge no that Guardians yeah, totally and yeah. uh, Captain America world. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I mean, but in, in a cool way. Yeah. No, 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 absolutely. I totally agree. And you know, that's a, so that, that one turns out that you, in hindsight, you look at it, you say that was actually a much more, a, a yeah, much riskier project world? than it, than it probably it seemed garbage. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, anyway, I love his voice. I love what he brings to the screen. Um, it, it kind of highlights the, the importance of, of, uh, diversity and representation and all that sort of stuff. Cause he, he brings a voice that is not found, um, with, a, in a lot of the movies that, uh, that we've seen over the last decade and a lot of movies that I really like, you know, he just, he just has a, he has a completely different voice. So I thought this was a really ambitious project. Uh, obviously high concept, but done really well. I thought the satire worked. It's not over satire either, which is, I mean, that's like death, death of Stalin really digs into the satirical nature of it. And I really enjoy it for that. But, uh, this, this chooses to go a different direction with it and to focus, uh, it's energy on, on Jojo and him. I, I just, I love the morality of, of a person learning from firsthand experience that gets represented here, you know, that, that gets brought out with, uh, yeah. I guess this movie has been out for three months, so we can probably say spoilers are good to go, but him, but Jojo learning, um, how to not hate Jews by being near a Jew is yeah. such a, it's, there's so much and there's there, an important you know, lesson. and it seems there's a lesson yeah, in that too that like Sorry. that I think is also I I mean unfortunately antisemitism is or anti anythingism is far mm-hmm. too prevalent in everything right but also outside of that um, <laughs> it's an important lesson for everyone to learn in terms of like hey uh, you can learn lessons <laughs> and like it's right. there, th- yeah. there are things yeah. that are that we don't all come out fully formed and there are things around us that can really warp us. And, um, it's important that I, I think th- a lot of things are lost now. And I, I totally understand it, man. I mean, people are so crappy <laughs> to other people. I, I understand, you know, when, when we just discard people that make bad choices, but I think it's a really important human thing, regardless of your creed or whatever is like, Hey, if you make mm. an earnest attempt to change, like that's, Awesome. You know, that can be a really good thing. Mm. This movie, uh, so much of, especially in culture, because culture is a two hour, movies are a two hour version of something. So it's hard to show change. So you just sure. show people as good and you show people as bad. And I get that. But like this movie does such a good job of like, you know, this whole world sets this kid up to be awful. And in spite of that, mm-hmm. he, he isn't. And so at the end. But he is at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> He's a little, and that's yeah, okay. sure. And that's sure. not okay. But in the world of this movie, that's okay. It's okay that he goes from evil to good mm-hmm. because that's hopefully we have no evil. But if we do, which we do, then if they turn good, they shouldn't be punished for more than whatever the crime is than when they were evil. You know what I mean? Like we can't just hold. They can't just mm. be half good forever. Once they're good, you, you serve. You serve your time, and then we welcome you in to the good tent. I think that's a good message yeah. from this movie. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of great messaging that, that, that he, that Taika does, uh, in a very, um, it's a, I don't know. It's a heartfelt way. It feels organic at the same time. It's, um, it's small. I love the small scale of it, you know, and, and that this whole story is kind of told through, in in some ways through, kind of through the eyes of a of a I don't know an eight year old or a ten year old or whatever and and the way that that whole the way that his micro experience you know can be expanded out to the macro and uh, it's it's a really uh, I'm, it's not unique. There's plenty of movies that can do that same kind of thing. Not not necessarily with this storyline, but but I like the, I love the way he did it and I thought it was a really smart approach and um, made this movie much more than just its satirical backbone, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally Sam, Sam Rockwell. You go, yeah, Sam Rockwell playing a uh, Nazi in this one. Alfie Allen as well, mm. and Rebel Wilson. Um, yeah, it takes a lot of trust for them to jump into that and be like, all right, well, you're, you're a Nazi. And, <laughs> you know, like, okay, yeah. I got gotcha, you, got gotcha. you. You know, especially yeah. Sam Rockwell at his stage, like, 
if this doesn't work, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Good point, Kat. No, it's a heck of a point. Yeah. It's like to sign up for this, you have to be like, all right, Taika Waititi is is a visionary unlike any other. And I wonder if he did some kind of like... Well, he already played a war criminal when he played George Bush, man. You know? <laughs> God. Right. So like, what's the difference, <laughs> man? Um, you know, I wonder if he made some kind of pitch reel to show them like, I know this sounds weird, but here's what I'm going... You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. to for show sure. them what it is. Because on paper, this sounds like a horrible idea for anybody to do. And, uh, you know, anybody, any actor to put himself in that, in that position, um, is, uh, takes a lot of, a lot of trust. And so that was amazing. I love the, the German songs they used in the movie, the German David Bowie and the German Beatles song. Uh, even though this is like 20 years before the Beatles or whatever, uh, I thought that was a cool touch mm-hmm. to use like the, the German, German version of, uh, I want to hold your hand for the opening credits. I, I enjoyed that touch. Um, I felt like uh you know the two kids were amazing but I felt like the the main kid was way better than the uh than the uh uh Archie uh but Archie's the one that's that got cast in Home Alone after this so and they're saying Archie's the star you know coming out of this but I thought the uh, the main kid that yeah. got nominated for the Golden Globe was far and away better you know Yeah No I totally agree but I mean Roman Griffin Davis is the yeah. is Jojo and he yes he's he's outstanding uh, Archie Yates played the, uh, uh, Yorkie. That's a really easy role to look at and say, I mean, he's on screen yeah. for like 10 minutes and he's all he's doing is, is being cute and fun. You know, I mean, that's a, I totally get watching this movie be like, we got to get that kid on our Disney plus yeah. show or movie or whatever we're doing. Cause he, he's I mean, Nazis he's, again, he's though. Kind that's of delightful and funny. Disney stuff. plus yeah, show. Yeah. <laughs> will Nazis. Alone is will. actually Nazis. Yeah. They're, Rob Delaney's a, a Nazi and Ellie yeah. Kemper. Man. Right. <laughs> it's like Muppet babies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, you can, you can see why watching this, watching Archie and be like, Oh yeah, we gotta get that, that kid that'll translate. Yeah. Right. Like that, that kind of cute slapsticky almost approach to what that he's pulling off. Um, that, that, that tracks to whatever movie you're, you're doing moving forward. And that, it's real easy to, to spot that. I think him in the, in his little uniform was one of the funniest things ever. Like him just walking on screen in full, full regalia with a rifle on his back and everything. I was just like, uh, that's, that's hilarious. That's, that's the, that's the Taika right there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, you know, Wes Anderson's next movie is supposed to come out this year. Yeah. The French Dispatch, Gosh, which could be along these lines, you know, it's about American German comedy film is all it's been kind of said. I thought it was French. It. I thought it was American French. It says American German. Oh, okay. It's called the French Dispatch, but I think it's about Germany, uh, or it's being distributed by Germany, according to Wikipedia. So um, we'll see. But France, uh, Studio ba- Babelsberg is one of the uh, mm. is one of the production studios uh, production companies. So um, yeah, be interesting on that. We have no one that's been like filmed. It seems like it, we're in production for like eighteen months and. They've done a good job. Okay, so it's a German studio that's making it, but the plot line is a love letter to journalists set at an outpost of an American newspaper in a fictional 20th century French city. Yeah, that's what I thought. But it could still... You're right, though, Kent. You're not World War II set, Yeah, exactly. That's what it sounds like. 20th century is kind of vague, so it could be Nazi France, which... Yeah. Be interesting. Yeah, who knows? That's... uh, That'll be... That'll be interesting. You guys... uh. You guys know I'm a little up and down on like modern uh, West, so but I'm excited for that one. That cast cannot be. Uh, Francis McDormand plays yeah, Fabian Nurberger, and Christoph Waltz plays Boris Schalmers. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like it's going to be all these. It's with Timothy Christoph Chalamet, doing... Bill Murray, mm. Jeffrey Wright, Benicio, Tilda, Sersha, Elizabeth Moss, mm. Owen Wilson, Schwartzman. Gosh, this is going to be stacked. Can't yeah. wait. <laughs> Just give us a Willem trailer. Defoe, of course. Yeah. I like Willem Dafoe. I like Wes Anderson. Willem Dafoe. It's just so funny. Like so I just many feel farts. Like he's such a. It's such a funny tag to be like. Oh, and Willem you know. Dafoe. Oh, Aquaman's coming out. Jason Momoa, Amber Heard, Willem Dafoe. It's like it's just so, <laughs> you know. He <laughs> just never what? Him like okay. I guess I can. <laughs> gotta deal with Willem Dafoe and then... Willem. 
Defoe. I love him. He was he was great in the Florida Project. Should should won the Oscar. Um, yeah. So you know maybe maybe we'll get something from Wes Anderson along these lines. Like I said, it felt like that to me. Everyone's you know, got to make their like, Nazi movie, right? Yeah. Hopefully, man. Hopefully, <laughs> like we, we honestly we we're gonna talk about 1917. But I did a lot of, you know, I read an article and, and did some research about just, like, the difference in World War One and World War Two movies and why there aren't World War One movies as much sure. as World War Two movies. And, and World War II is so World War II is just way, there's, it's, it's about, you know, the world rising up against this evil. And, and it's way more cinematic, you know. There's more um, survivors to tell you about it you know there's film footage there's all these things for them to kind of go back on whereas world war one it's way more ambiguous and and he said she said and it was way more territorial and, and again we'll talk about that in 1917 but it just lends it this this subject matter lends itself to to, to movies Duke. i'm surprised there hasn't been like the the definitive hitler world war Two movie does that make sense? From like, his from point the, of view, so we can finally get inside. Yeah, give you some sympathy. No, no, from like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Saving from Private Todd Ryan Phillips. is about like the D-Day invasion, you know, in Normandy. Like, there hasn't been, I don't feel like there's been the definitive, like, uh, It's just know. such a long, it's just so many big battles, you know. He's, yeah. You have to kind of go micro with it. Yeah, but uh, I'm, I'm surprised there hasn't, like, one studio hasn't been like, all right, Here's half a bill. Go the make the, the World, World War II, II extend- movie. Or the know? World War II Extended Universe, where they right. all link together. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's not a bad idea, like a Band of Brothers style thing yeah. where you can kind of cross over sure. stuff. But, like, you know, you're right, Richard. Uh, a lot of these stories are like more micro and yeah. Dunkirk. Longest, and longest whatever, hour. You know? Dunk- yeah. yeah. Um, For so sure. I, I'd be interested in like a big overarching. You know, it's like, funny. I think just that's called a, World War Two. Like that's I've the movie, looked you know, at that. or the there's, Great War or something. There's the Studs Turkle book that I have, but you know, that's even the same with books. That's not it a is. real name. There's Studs no Turkle. way that's Look a real name. <laughs> but he, that's even honest to God. I've because I've looked for it. I'm I'm, I'm open the recommendations, but they, it's even the same with books. And you think books take you know 16 hours to read in a big history book or 20 hours or something, but but it's even the same with books because, you know, I, I there's so many World War II books. Don't get me wrong, but I was looking for one that was just kind of like a a, a, a survey, <laughs> um, of like that wasn't a textbook that was, but it was just like a history. And it's like they that hardly exists. There's there's the Studs Terkel book, and then there's the um, oh gosh, his name. He now has a uh, Revolutionary War series out. He just did part one, but he has like a three book. But but it's so it has to be volumized. And I think obviously, if that's the case for seven hundred page history books, it's certainly it's the case for film. I think it's just too the scale is too crazy. But but you're right, Ken. I I think there's believe it or not, as many World War II films as we have, there's something so in that just that mid century world is just so glamorous and cinematic. There's there's still um, and and I'm, it might just be us getting older and being white dudes that I'm like I'm always like, yep, yeah, I'm in. I'm, I like that. I, that's just mm. such a good setting. I'm in. I think there should be like a a 1917, like a war movie every year, like a big epic, epic yeah. every year. I, you know, and and you know, I, I just feel like Apocalypse Now is like the definitive mm. Vietnam movie. Like everybody has an opinion on what the definitive World War II movie is. You know, whether it's yeah, I don't know, uh, Saving Private Ryan or. I don't know, Bridge in the River Choir or, or whatever, you know, it's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of different opinions on that. And, um, I would love to see that. I would love to see that eventually happen someday, but not sure it will. Um, okay. Well, a lot to talk about with Jojo Rabbit. Um, but the one thing, one last thing I want to touch on is just the, the narrative device of the Jews hiding is such a, you know, you do that well, you do it great. You know, it's the opening scene of Inglorious, you know, that reveal of is such a great reveal by Tarantino mm. that, oh, there's people under there, you know, the whole time. God, um, that scene, that scene. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. But this, you know, had the same impact for me. It's like he, Jojo didn't even know the whole time somebody was living in, in his house and that his mom is doing it and his conflict, he's conflicted about his love for his mother, but also, you know, like his, his duty to country or whatever it is, you know, and, and that moment where he goes in the square and sees the shoes and it's very impactful, but like mm. that, uh, gosh, 
Moving. That narrative device of, um, you know, somebody's hiding and then the Germans come in looking for Jews and that whole thing is, I don't know if that'll ever get old to me on if it's done right in a movie. You know, I just think there's so, the real life drama of that situation is just terrifying and, and you know, the Anne Frank diary is something everybody should read, you know, just about Gosh. what that's, what that's what actually neighbors, like man. to, to be hiding from from death because you're of your religion, you know, is, is insane. So, um, I thought that was done here with a lot of poise and, and, uh, and a lot of love. So, so yeah. Well put, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's done really well. And, and kind of watching that unfold with, with the, again, it goes back to the kid of learning and, you know, discovering that his mom is, is, is hiding uh, her and the way that that plays out. And then to have it to me, like those two scenes back to back where he, where he finds, when he stumbles into the the square and sees her shoes, that's such a sobering scene to me. The one that got me even worse though was, is right after that, when he comes back to the house and, and tries to kill her, you know, like gets out his knife and, uh, you know, wants to kill her and, and, but he, but he can't, and he's just overcome with, with grief and, and the way that she responds to that and stuff. I thought that was, uh, as great. There's a lot of scenes in this movie that are, that are very well done. Um, but that was the one that stuck out to me is just like, that is such a sobering, heartbreaking sequence. And the acting between these two children is so good and so powerful and you get you're getting a lot of emotion from both of them that that um that isn't in the script right like you can write that script and you can say here's what we're doing but you got to have two actors that can pull it off and so both of them should get uh, a ton of credit for it and and Tyka gets a lot of credit for for bringing that out uh Thomas E McKenzie who's who plays uh Elsa is fantastic mm-hmm. uh, she was great last year in uh mm-hmm. Leave No Trace which is one of my favorite, I don't know, top 20 movies of, of last year easily. And she's very, very good and very much look forward to, honestly, of the of the three children in this, I oh, yeah. I, I think, or young stars anyway, I, she's the one that has the the real, to me, has, has the best chance of like a legitimate. Yeah, but you said that about her mind. Too. She's 20. She's not a so. kid, but um, she's, <laughs> she's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. And the Watson, if only. Um, man, uh, yeah, this was good in the King too this year. I don't know if you, either of you guys saw that. Yeah, 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 sure. Uh, yeah. this was an incredible uh, movie that I feel, feel like, you know, we don't get a lot of these with this kind of originality and risk involved and, and execution of that idea, you know, to this degree, I just think it, it deserves a lot of praise. You know, I know it's not going to win best picture, probably not going to win anything, but, um, to me, it's like a very, very definitive movie for 2019. You know, it really feels like this movie, nobody could be able, nobody could really maturely handle it, you know. But I feel like we're at the place where we can, you know, finally. And, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, I was just very, very impressed with it. And, um, you know, it's such a creative, artsy film, too, you know. It, it has that Wes Anderson um, kind of, you know, that, that bath, yeah. like that pool scene or whatever, that's such a Wes Anderson setting, you know, where he's sitting down there and asking him, like, what happens if I see a Jew? He's like, you see a Jew, you kill the Jew, you know? And uh, they just like that whole, the mm-hmm. way the tile was laid out and the way they, they shot that, the wide and the wide angle, um, really felt like a really creative, fun worlds that they built mm-hmm. oddly for this. And um, not like a war-ravaged Germany like we kind of typically see in these movies. You but... always say that, though, Kent. You're always like, World War II seems fun. Like, that's always your... <laughs> I did. That was my main <laughs> takeaway from... We've from had to Santa correct Santa you a lot of times, honestly. Yeah, it seems yeah. like a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do that. <laughs> um, but, I mean, like, who all doesn't, the time who doesn't here, like a good yeah. boat cruise? Right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we like to swim, don't we? Um, right. Okay, uh, let's grade this thing out, man. Yeah. A plus for me because wow, yeah, the level of difficulty is off the charts, and and uh, every performance rises to the occasion, and uh, and that's that's not easy. So A plus. What about you, Brian? Um, 
high eight, maybe a plus. The, that's I mean, a ninety six for you. That's right? a yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 really good. I did want to say real fast. I uh, your point about it's an art sequence. I think it's a per, and this is what Wes Anderson does really well too. Um, it's a, it's a perfect blend of that art house feel, but but for uh, mm. a wider mm-hmm. audience. If that makes sense. like, I love and I love that approach. I love that i love that art house films exist i love that blockbusters exist i love when we can kind of blend those two together because this this is a lot more mass audience friendly than than i thought it was gonna be going in and and a big chunk of that is taika i think knowing what uh where to kind of draw the line on extreme art houseness Mm -hmm. and and blending the two together that's and genuinely that's like a masterful job and that's very difficult to, to, to do i think yeah, Richard. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm right with Brian. I'm gonna go since he went A. I'm gonna. I'll go A plus. Bounce to average us between A, and a plus. But it's right there, man. It's, it's gonna be kicking around. My I'm looking at my top ten right now. It's it's kicking around up there. It could go higher. Um, I could definitely see this in my top ten by the time we do that uh, by the end of the year. Hey, on that note, guys, I have news. Hmm. I may or may not have started a letterbox account. Oh, wow. Whoa. Whoa. This is big. Is it at Richard Barden or trying um, to keep it a secret? It is. Um, I haven't really. I've just done the last few movies we've talked about. I need to go back and do the back catalog. But my 2020 resolution is I'm going to get that going. So It's honestly easier for me nice. to do it that way because I'll just see a movie and immediately put it on the list where I think it is at that time. And uh-huh. then, like, as the year goes on, it kind of, you know, it adjusts itself, basically. I don't have to go at the end of the year and remember yeah. everything I saw and and try to remember what I felt about it, you know? So um, I, may, I might make some changes, yeah, cool. but, like, the list, I, I don't know. I'm like, I think I have 45 movies that I put on my list of, like, at the time I saw it, like, okay, this could be one of my favorite of the year, you know? And um, so... Mm. That's a that's an easy way for me to do it. So yeah, big recommend for Letterbox, man, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Taika Waititi's next movie is called Next Goal Wins, and uh, it's with uh, Michael Fassbender, yeah. uh, Elizabeth Moss. It's about a it's a sports movie about the uh, 2014 World Cup, uh, the Samoa team, yeah. the Aussie trying to get on the yeah. World Cup. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's cool. And he's got Thor: Love and Thunder, which is a Thor Regonk sequel. And uh, they announced today Christian Bale might be uh, joining the cast of that. So we'll get Christian mm-hmm. Bale in the MCU. Uh, Whoa, I did not hear that. I was yeah, in jury duty today. today. Yeah, just just Holy. tonight. Yeah. He hasn't quite signed yet, but it's it's That'd be fun. Like I'm really enjoying fun Christian yeah. Bale over the last, like, since Vice. Same. He's a delight. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Another funny Taika Waititi bit is he was nominated for Best uh, – Short film for two gar- two cars one night for Academy Award uh, for one best cut? live action short. Oh, okay. And, <laughs> and he uh, he told all the other nominees to pretend they were falling asleep or to pretend they were asleep when they were shown on camera, but he was the only one that did it. <laughs> so if you go back and watch like Taika Waititi Oscars two thousand four, they're like and Taika Waititi and he like wakes up and he's like oh oh. <laughs> but he found out later he was the only one that did it. But he said they had a pact with all the directors that they were going to do. Funny, man. I remember when, uh, wasn't it Polar used to always do that at the Emmys, Brian? Polar would always uh, yeah, like, yeah, organize yeah, I think it was one yeah. year they all the best actress in a comedy had mustaches on. I remember that one was funny. Yeah. <laughs> done that cut to him. Right. <laughs> and Julie Dreyfus, huge mustache. <laughs> he was great in... Um, uh, what we do in the shadows, of course, but he was in the Mandalorian yeah. this year as IG Eleven, who was my favorite Mandalorian mm-hmm. character, and he's in this uh, Free Guy movie as the villain. Um, this Disney Ryan Reynolds Grand Theft Auto thing, uh, and then he's also in the Suicide Squad, uh, the James Gunn version. Ah, uh, we can't James always bat a thousand. Gunn. It's fine. Yeah, I, it could I got, be all right. I got no, that, gun. Yeah, it'll I'm be. Kidding. I think I can say with full confidence it will be better than the first Suicide Squad. I for, I did not know about this about uh, Taika Waititi. Um, wrote the first screenplay for Moana. Was uncredited, uh, well, though. Now he's just already That's higher amazing. up on my list. Love the Concord stuff, too. Yeah, Concords is amazing, too. Well, the What We mm-hmm. Do in the Shadows TV show is so daggum funny. Have you guys seen that yet? 
Now, I've seen an episode. Oh, yes, and Lord, time it because there's so a billion. Does it TV live up to shows. the movie? For oh real? yeah. Oh, okay. it's the movie. Like just like part two. Like awesome. it's the same. It's there's. Uh, I'm not gonna give it away, but there's like uh, there's there's some great bits in there. Like there's this one vampire. He's called a social vampire. And he looks completely normal, like, but he just sucks the life out of every room <laughs> because of social situation. And like, there's bits like that that are great in it, but uh, definitely would recommend. Speaking Logan of it, that the uh, Jermaine Clement is one of those people that Jermaine, Jermaine. present, present. Um, his mere presence, I start to laugh. You know, he has that gift to me. Everyone has those people. If I see yeah. Jermaine, mm-hmm. I just I'm already laughing before he makes a joke and. And that Will Ferrell has that same face for me, other people, but mm. Jermaine has that for sure. Yeah, that's how I feel like mm, Bruce Obviously, well, duh. Uh, well, you're already laughing because you're reading coming, his hilarious you know? t-shirt. So that's unfair. Uh-huh. Right. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, speaking of Bruce Valanche, let's hit a weekly uh, recommend, guys. Sweet. Let's do that. Weekly recommends. Okay, uh, what do you want to hit, Richard? You got a book? Yeah, I got a book that's an oral history that came out uh, last month or last last month of last year, but it's great if you're into film and film history and theater and theater history and really just um, no thanks. just uh, kind of creative life in the 20th century. Probably the most influential person in that argument. Um, it's a oral history of Mike Nichols, and it's called Life Isn't Everything, mm. and it's wonderful. And it's uh, it really just focuses on his professional life. There's not really too much. There's a few Diane Sawyer things in there later in life, but it's not really a personal oral history. It's just, I mean, this guy did, and he has like 19 Tonys and six Oscars, and like it's nuts when you go back <laughs> and you go, oh, yeah, he did that, he did that, he did that, he did everything. Um, and he was just cool, and he was like this immigrant that kind of made self-made himself um, from an improv comedian to the most interesting, you know, he did who who's the graduate and who's afraid of Virginia Woolf and all these great films. And not to mention all that he kind of made Neil Simon on Broadway and all kinds of stuff. So he was the coolest and uh, the book is awesome. There's so many good stories and he, I think the closest we have to him now, even though he's not a film director or even a uh, stage director is, is kind of the Warren Michaels of that thing. I think Lauren Michaels really copied because they were friends. I think he kind of learned how to be Lauren Michaels from Mike Nichols in a weird way. And, uh, just that incredible eye for talent, knowing how to stage things wonderfully and knowing how to have a great dinner. These are great things to know how to do. And, uh, and it's a great book and I highly recommend it. So life isn't everything. I forgot the author's name is too random. I mean, it's an oral history, so they just kind of compiled quotes, so it's not really their voice, but uh, they did a great job with it. And to you guys especially, because you're nerds like me for this stuff, I, I, I couldn't recommend it higher. It's a great, great, uh, great read. Sweet. Yeah, I'm going to check Love that out. Me. Love me some Mike Nichols. Add that to the old yeah. queue. Michael is my yeah. – I always kind of forget he's my favorite director, and then I go, oh, he's probably – I've seen the most of his <laughs> stuff, <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> yeah. he's not showy in a way, you know? He's not like Scorsese or something. He just like points the camera at stuff, yeah. and it's awesome. Um, but he's great. God, he was cool. Yeah, I always thought about David Lean like that. Like, yeah, like, oh, this guy for could sure. be the goat, but nobody ever says, I "Oh, this, David Lean's the goat." You know, I had this great David Lean box set. I should give you Kent for oh, myriad, I would love that. myriad reasons. Where he directs like five. It's a Criterion. Mm-hmm. It, he directs like five Noel Coward plays, and it's awesome. I know it's really lame, but I will give it to you. No, really I'm cool. all in on anything David yeah. Lean. It's like yeah. early David Lean. It's really cool. Nice. Um, okay, Brian, what you got? Yeah, I'm going to recommend a TV show uh, that I've been half re-watching and then half watching for the first time Is uh, that's on Disney+, Plus, uh, Star Wars Rebels, and uh, which I, I think I watched the first two seasons of it when it was in its run and then kind of fell off of it. Um, and I'm in the midst of season three right now. I think it's a four season, four season run. Um, and it's, it's a very fun show. I, I really like the animation of it. The stories that they can tell in it are, are very interesting and it has some bearing on some of the other stuff that's happening in, in the star Wars universe. So it, it sort of attaches to, uh, how the Mandalorian ends and there's some, some stuff in there that, 
goes hand in hand with it. So um, I very much have, have enjoyed uh, having that on kind of in the background while I'm doing other stuff and, and working and whatnot. And, and then now getting into the, the seasons that I haven't seen. Um, it's just a, it's a really tight, really well-written cartoon that uh, is, is very, very high quality um, in its storytelling, I think, and on top of, uh, you know, everything else that it's doing. So I'm excited for that. The, uh, that new Clone Wars season can't, yeah, I don't that's, know if you that's this year, isn't a it? Clone Wars guy, but yeah, it comes out, I think yeah. maybe next month. Um, or I'm hoping that I'm going to have time to, I've watched a good chunk of Clone Wars, but haven't seen all of them. I'm hoping to, to binge that next, probably after, after I finish Rebels so that I can watch that new season. But, uh, yeah, it's good stuff, man. I, re- I really like Rebels and I'm, I've enjoyed getting to go back and, and, uh, and watch that now with old, with old Disney. Yeah. Plus. I watched, I think the first two seasons, I do have it all, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, th- I think I, I've seen the first two seasons. I really enjoyed it too. Um, I think there was just Star Wars movies hit, and so my Star Wars attention like got shifted to that. Um, sure, but yeah, I mean, really solid. Yeah. Is Resistance any good? It's okay. Is it more it's Katie different. Or more I think adult? I, I haven't. It it felt like it was one that it's more kid oriented at the start, but it always it seemed like something that could shift a little bit as it went. Um, but I haven't, I haven't kept up with it. Yeah. That, that may be one that I'd, I would like a star Wars later, rebel okay. live action. I really would. I would like Sabine Wren and sure. yeah. Kanan and all them to yeah. have their own, like to see them. And it's yeah, I would like Sabine Wren would be a great sure. addition to the Mandalorian. I was waiting yeah. for that in the Mandalorian for Cara Dune to just put on the helmet yeah. and be like, this is my old identity or whatever. And she was, she was right. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Well, there's some attachment now with the end of Mandalorian. Yeah. I don't want to get into it. You and I, at least, we need to do an episode oh, on sure. that in, in the coming weeks. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a little bit of attachment now from Rebels to Mandalorian that wasn't as obvious early on, and um, so I think that that that's something that it can be cool. And it, I've both Rogue One and Rise of Skywalker when you can see the ship from Ghost, mm-hmm. the ship from. Uh, Rogue One yeah. or from Rebels pop up into the I think it's a really cool to Easter see it in live anyway, action. It's a, cool, it's a very yeah. good. It's a really um, fun series. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man, that's that's awesome. I would love to love to do a little Mandalorian talk with you at some point. You know, maybe maybe we we'll make that yeah. happen. But uh, but yeah, sure. I've heard the, uh, the chronological the chronological Clone Wars is the way to go. <laughs> like, don't watch it season one to to ten or whatever. How many seasons there are of that? There's like yeah. A, you can yeah. watch the episodes in like the order that they happen in Star Wars, which is probably the way I would prefer to do that. You know, mm. um, yeah, I mean, it'd be cool to see uh, you know a live action version of that at some point. Okay, my recommend is a TV show slash documentary. Uh, it's like a true crime kind of thing on Netflix uh, called "Don't F with Cats." Uh, Richard and I and Sarah and. Uh, my lady, we're with a big group text about this uh, this this past weekend. But this is a like a on the level of like abducted in plain sight or like uh, making a murderer or evil genius or one of those uh, true crime uh, shows on Netflix. But this one's about like this guy who like it, it sounds you know they don't show it, but like kills a kitten on like a video on a YouTube video, and like these people on Facebook like try to find who he is basically because he's like. You can't see his face fully or, or whatever. They don't know where he is. And so it's it starts out like that, but by the midway through episode one, it just gets crazy. And it just keeps getting crazier for like three episodes. And it's insane. Um, maybe the craziest thing I've seen in a long time. But uh, worth a recommend if you like that kind of stuff, if you're a sucker for that kind of story. Um, I got like 50,000 questions after I watched it. So uh, definitely worth your time if you're into that. Uh, don't F with cats on Netflix. Um, Richard, did you uh, did you enjoy or did you see yeah. a little bit of it? Or? Yeah, I saw a lot of it. You know, there's things like that. You know, my uh, my wife was texting Kent and, and Ken's wife during watching it. And I was there for part of it. I think I was out one. But, uh, you know, there's always murder things going on in my house that I'm aware of, but I'm normally reading some on some, TV. Yeah. And, and I said, I told you guys, yeah. I said, my wife's dream show is a show where very polite British people bake for like 46 minutes. They bake, whatever pastries, whatever. And then, uh, they're judged 
kind of American Idol style, very nicely and quietly, British. And then whoever loses has to kill their husband, and then they investigate it. That would be my <laughs> wife's ideal. She could watch a billion yeah, hours a, of that. We've got a stew yeah. going here. This is so a, anything this is a screenplay, uh, murdery, murdery, or <laughs> British baking is always on in my house, and I'm aware of it. But I saw some of this. But I was, I was reading that Mike Nichols book, and I was reading other stuff too. But, uh, but yeah, it was. It seemed pretty, pretty cool. But I, you know, murder doesn't. It just doesn't. I'm not a murder guy. Not. You know, unpopular opinion, not a fan. Yeah, it's too close to your work. Right. When you're yeah. a hitman like mm-hmm. me. Oh, no. <laughs> I've said it out loud. Yeah. Can you edit that out, Kent? No. Okay. Uh, well. Well. <laughs> you don't have the tools, no way to do that. Honestly, it's just like. Beyond me. We do this show on. that I have a job in broadcasting with no, <laughs> no concept of audio. It's not that you don't want to. You're yeah. just, you can't. I, just, I can't. Yeah, I would if I could. It's just no way, guys. Um, uh, okay. Technology's just not there yet. Maybe James Cameron will invent it, but we're not there yet. Uh, okay, this is uh, this has been great. Um, please check us out on social media, um, on your Instagrams, on your Twitters, at Mad About Movies and Mad About Movies Podcast. We would appreciate the follow and and stay in touch with us, VIPs on the Discord. Yeah, and all I made that. my return yeah. to the Discord this yeah. week after like a month off. Yeah, chiming in on all kinds of topics. So it's been fun, and uh, we'll continue that. Uh, you know, literally the minute after we get off the air, uh, that never stops. So appreciate those people and thanks for the support. So Richard, where can we find you online, sir? Uh, Richard Barden on all the social media, including letterbox now, but I haven't really curated it out yet. There's like six movies I've reviewed on there, but, uh, wanted to break that news here. Brian, where can I find you? You can find me, uh, on Twitter at Beagle 12. You can find, you can find my letterbox. I think my letterbox is Brian Gill. It's like the one hey, place where F- I've been able to carve yeah, out. Yeah. Take that other name, Brian Gill. So. Yeah, <laughs> suck on that one. But uh, yeah, you can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com um, where we have a, the next two weeks, we've got a long blog series with a bunch of our different contributors putting in their top 10 uh, movies of the of the last decade. And that's in preparation for our episode, the three of us doing a top 10 of the decade episode uh, sometime this month. So check, be ready for that too and read all those lists. Lots of, lots of people are putting in a lot of hard work on on uh, on those lists and they're a lot of fun good reads you can find me on the twitter at kent garrison find our show at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and all our episodes are on there so anything you can probably think of in the past five seven years you probably have done an episode on it, so check that out uh, we <laughs> did a four regonk episode so if you like <laughs> that movie from taika mm-hmm. uh, check that out as well and uh we'll see the vips for our bad boys episode this week and our throwback uh, episode on Kindergarten Cop that's coming out, as well as our AMA coming next week, too. So, good times over there, and we will see y'all at the cinema. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya, your salads and scrambled.